0: I am guessing uh, that you can remember uh, something that your mother has said to you uh, again and again and again. Uh, you probably uh, can remember things that your mother has done, uh, and you might even be able to identify in some way, for good or bad, uh, with even saying some things that your mother once said or doing the things that she once did. I, I know I see those things in my life, for good and bad, but... Um, I learned at a young age to, to run to Oreos and potato chips when I had a bad day, and um, my mom may watch this, I love you, mom, um, but I watched my mom do that, and so I learned that from her. That was engraved upon on me, uh, from my mom. There are things that she said, and thankfully for me, um, the vast majority of how my mom impacted me was for good, um, but I know that it's not the story of everyone in this room, that for some, um, the experience with mom has been hard, but I think even if you can't laugh about those things, you can acknowledge that- uh, moms and mother figures uh, make an impact on our lives uh, that's lasting. We, we're gonna talk about lasting impacts uh, today, and, and, and some of what we're gonna say is gonna apply specifically uh, to mothers or mother figures, and but most of it's gonna apply to, to, to every single person in this room. There's a word we use to describe lasting marks and lasting impressions uh, that are made, and that word is indelible. Indelible refers to this mark that's made um, that's either difficult to remove or is, 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 is impossible uh, to remove. Some examples of indelible marks would be a stain. Uh, a stain leaves an indelible mark. There are certain pigments, certain dyes, certain substances that when they get on a piece of clothing, they are not coming out or it's going to take a whole lot of work to get them out. It leaves an indelible mark. Carvings are in indelible marks. Uh whether it's on a picnic table, maybe it's someone's key on the side of your car that you weren't really appreciating, uh, it leaves a mark that, that, that will not be removed uh, or will take a lot of work to remove. Another example of an indelible mark is a tattoo. Uh, tattoos are marks that now through um, different medical advancements you can remove through a lot of pain and a lot of procedures, but they're they're lasting marks. Um, I have four tattoos and, and they're lasting and they're there for a reason um, because Indelible marks also tell a story. Uh, If it's a story of of a stain, for example, I brought this shirt, this is like 12 years ago. My mom gave me this shirt. Um, uh, My mom likes uh, these life is good shirts. It's not exactly in my fashion repertoire. And so uh, she gave it to me and I didn't really wanna wear it for anything else but work. And so I, I wore it on a project about 12 years ago And the stains on the shirt tell a story. The front's not as convincing. The back has red dots all over it. By the way, this is my Airsoft shirt now. I'll tell you the story how the stains got there, but it's a lot of fun when you show up to play Airsoft with some younger kids for the first time, and uh, they see the red marks on your shirt, and they want to know, are the pellets going to hurt? And I'm like, well, it'll just leave a little bit of blood. It's not a big deal. (laughs) They kind of see their eyes grow wide uh, with, with wonder. Um, but those, 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 these stains tell a story I was on a project with our boys We were restaining the playground At our church in Ohio And, and every time I see these stains It reminds me of that day working with my boys There's a, um, a yellow mark On one of the shoulders, if I can find it um, and, and it's from when we were Painting one of the The posts that protected our air conditioning units, a concrete post, and I was doing that with my three boys, and they were a lot younger than they are now, and the paintbrush and paint roller didn't exactly end up on the concrete post. It ended up on dad. But those stains, those indelible marks, tell a story. Uh, I think about carvings. Um, The carvings, if you go to our park and you go to one of the shelters, you will find all kinds of marks made in the tables. And some of those marks, um, they tell a story of romance. Uh, There's a heart, there's some initials. Some of those marks tell a little bit different story, Uh, maybe of vulgarity or or maybe of some anger or some rage. Um, The marks, though, tell a story. I think about tattoos, they they tell a story. Uh, I meet a person every once in a while who I see their tattoos and I ask them about the story and they'll tell me, well, there's really no story to that tattoo, and I just kind of log that as, well, they're not really telling the truth because in my opinion, every tattoo has a story. Even if you can't remember who you were with and when you got the tattoo, uh, that probably tells a story of what was going on in your life at that moment and in that time. Um, I'm always happy to share the story uh, of mine. But indelible marks tell a story. Indelible marks, whether it's a stain, a carving, a tattoo, or your life tells a story. Your life just like what we were celebrating and laughing at in the video. Your life, your words, your actions, whether you're a mom, a dad, a junior high student, high school student, college student, young adult, whoever you are, your life leaves marks on the people around you. It leaves indelible marks. Sometimes those marks, sometimes those impressions, sometimes those things that you have done are very difficult, if not impossible, to remove. Your life leaves marks. And as we think about Mother's Day, one of the things I'd like to impress upon you is that If you're a woman uh, in this room, you will or you already have played a mother role in somebody's life, even if you yourself would not consider yourself a mom. It may come as an older sibling to a younger sibling. It may come as an aunt or aunt or auntie to a niece or nephew. It may come as, as you are a teacher and you have children in your classroom who don't have a relationship with their mom and they look to you as a mother figure. It may come on a team that you coach. Uh, It may come simply in a friendship that spans a generational gap. Uh, I know stories of of women who um, lost their mother at a young age or their mother wasn't involved and they've befriended an older woman and that older woman doesn't realize just by being five, 10, 12 years older that, that she's now looked up to as a mother figure. And so what I'd like to impress upon you as a woman today is what kind of uh, mark are you leaving on the people in your life? What what kind of marks are are you leaving on the people that you encounter? What are your words and what are your actions tattooing and engraving upon the lives uh, of those you encounter And even posing that question, we know that this is not just a question for women. This is not just a question for mothers and mother figures. This is a question for all of us. Every one of us leaves a mark on the people that we encounter. When you're at the restaurant, when you're in the grocery store, when you're at that coffee shop that you frequent, those employees are being marked by you and by your attitudes and by your words and even by your tipping behavior. If you're a repeat customer, uh, they, they know something about you. Uh, I don't have permission to give her name, and I won't tell too much of her story, because I don't want to give it away. Um, But there's a woman in our church, and I I love it. There's a restaurant that she frequents, and she's made such a great impact on their lives that when she shows up, they bring her special glasses. They already know her order uh, before she orders it, um, because she's made a positive mark on their lives. What kind of mark, what kind of uh, life are we living, and and how are we engraving upon the people around us, tattooing on the people around us, carving on the people around us? If you're a student in school, uh, you're making a mark. You're making a mark on your teachers. Um, They they feel it. Um, I hear some of their stories. Uh, You're making a mark on your classmates. You're making a mark on your teammates. So what types of marks, what types of indelible lasting marks are you leaving on on those around you. Chances are the lasting marks that you leave are a reflection of the lasting marks that have been left on you. And I'd like to spend the rest of our time journeying through a passage in the Old Testament that speaks to the lasting marks left on us and the lasting marks that we can leave on others. And before I give you too much of the information, some of you are gonna get there and that's fine, you're gonna already guess where I'm going. But I wanna tell you the passage we're gonna look at today is still considered by millions of people in our world as their most treasured words and uh, the entire inspired Word of God that they hold to. There are millions of faithful men and women who look to these words, and they are the key that unlocks the rest of God's truth for them. Uh, they're words that are found in what we call the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy in our Bibles, of the 5,875 verses in our English Bible, uh, these words, just a few verses, are the most treasured. The words are a part of a passage in Deuteronomy chapter 6. What do I mean, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9? They're treasured words. We, we know from even studying Jewish history, the millions of people I'm talking about are faithful uh, Jewish people. Um, I'm not talking about people who just claim to be a Jew because of ancestry. I'm talking about people who are faithfully worshiping God. They just haven't quite figured out that Jesus is the Messiah that was promised. And they adhere to these words of Deuteronomy chapter six, verses four through nine, faithfully. In fact, we know from studying Jewish history that these are probably the very first words of scripture that Jesus was taught. We know that because we go to an ancient source called the Talmud, that, that, that families were instructed that these were the first words of God that were taught Uh, to young boys. We know that Jesus treasured these words because when he's asked what's the most important commandment, he quotes from Deuteronomy chapter six. He quotes Deuteronomy chapter six, verse five, and he adds a verse from another part of the Torah to it. These words are treasured. They're they're held to, they're held in high esteem. And if if we will unlock the, the treasure of Deuteronomy chapter six, verses four through nine, it will not only help us know how to have the right marks made in our own hearts, But how we as people, mothers, fathers, students, aged adults, how we can make marks on others. So if you have your Bibles, find Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Um, Deuteronomy is a a really special uh, book for a number of reasons. Uh, One, it's the book that uh, Jesus quotes from more than than, than any other book in the Old Testament. Uh, Deuteronomy is kind of this farewell speech of Moses. We might call it his final sermon. Um, Kind of the story leading up to this point is when the Israelites left Egypt, a story that's told in Exodus, they were rescued from slavery. Moses led them out of slavery across the Red Sea. It should have taken them somewhere around 12 to 18 months to make it to what they were considering the promised land, the land of Canaan. But along the way, as the story's told in Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, the people rebelled, and they grumbled, and they complained, and they didn't trust God. And so they ended up wandering for 40 years in the wilderness. When we get to Deuteronomy, the Israelites have set up camp outside the banks of the Jordan River. The promised land, the land of Canaan, the land that they're heading to, is just on the other side. They're about to move in. And so the words of Deuteronomy are Moses' farewell speech, kind of reminding people of their identity, who God is who they are because of who God is and what God wants from them as they move into this new land. And I think that if I give you a little more detail, you might see how like appropriate this is even for our own day. The land of Canaan was filled with a number of people groups with different cultures, customs, values, and even false gods and idols that they worshipped. Things that they turned to to be their saviors, to be their rescuers, to be their uh, fullness in life. And so as they're sitting on the banks of the Jordan River moving into this land filled with people with all different backgrounds, all different values, Moses says, this is what matters to God. This is who he is. This is who you are. This is how you need to live so that you can honor him in a place where many other people don't yet know him and don't yet value him. These words are especially meaningful for us because we live in a world where there are many from different backgrounds and different cultures who have different values and they don't yet know the God that you and I know. They don't yet understand his heart for them and his life for them. And if we will apply these words to our lives, we can be prepared to leave the mark in this world that he wants us to leave. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter six, verses four through nine, um, it follows Moses recounting the 10 commandments for the people Uh, You may already know this. There are 613 commands in in all of the the, the Pentateuch, the Torah, the first books of the Bible. Uh, And of those 613, these 10 kind of are the framework. He repeats them to the people and then he challenges them with this, Deuteronomy 6, four through nine. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Let's just pause there for a moment. If you look at verses four through six, it really talks about how we Understand God, how we acknowledge who He is, the mark that He's making on us. And then there's a transition here in verse 7 to how are we going to make this mark on other people and this mark in the world. Verse 7 says, to impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. We're going to land in verses 7 through 9 in a moment, but before we do, let's examine those first few verses. Verse 4, here O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. As, as Moses encourages, as God through Moses encourages the people, this is who you're supposed to be in this land. It starts with who God is. Uh, that, that word here is really important in this passage. It, it means more than just recognizing noises and sounds and processing um, auditory kind of impulses and stimuli. Uh, the word here in Hebrew is Shema. And it means to listen up, it means to obey. And so Moses is calling the people to listen intently, listen attentively, and to obey. Hear, O Israel. Even though we're gonna make some applications along the way that are specific to mothers, specific to parents, this is not just for parents. It says, hear, O Israel. It doesn't say, hear, O parents. It doesn't say, uh, hear, O adults. It doesn't say, hear, O elderly. It doesn't say, hear, O children. It says, hear, O Israel. This is the community of faith. These words are for every one of us. Hear, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Lord Almighty, the Lord is one. The mark we make on the world starts with the mark that God makes upon us, and that begins our recognizing there is only one God. There is only one God who is mighty, the only one God who is the creator, the sustainer of the universe, the only one God who can guide us and lead us and has great plans and purposes for us. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And when we recognize who God is, this should be our response, verse five, we're to love the Lord our God with all our heart and with all our soul and with all of our strength. We often in our Western society, we love our detailed list and our bullet points and we often will take this verse and we'll try to analyze it and we'll say, okay, what does it mean to love God with all of our heart? What does it mean to love God with all of our soul? What does it mean to love God with all of our strength? But that's really taking a Western individualistic culture and reading it into the scriptures. Do you know in ancient Near East and even in Eastern cultures to this day, they're a much more communal society. They don't fragment things. And so when when, when when God speaks through Moses and he says to love me with all of your heart and all your soul and your strength, he's making a profound point. Love him with every ounce of who you are. Love him with everything that you are. You don't even need to parse it out. You don't even need to say, what does it mean to love God with my heart? What does it mean to love him with my soul? What does it mean to love him? No, no you love him with everything that you are. When we see who God is, we're gonna want to hear and obey and out of response to that love him with all that we are as he makes his mark on us as we see who he is and what he stands for and that his ways are best that's when we'll want to make our mark on the world by honoring him and following him and serving him Amen. verse 6 says that these commandments that i give you today are to be on your hearts The commands of God, the instructions of God, the ways of God, the purposes of God, the worldview of God is to be engraved, carved, stained, tattooed upon our hearts. Is it? Are the ways of God, are the wonders of God, are the purposes of God engraved upon you? How do things get there? Through repetition. I'm going to show you this again a little bit later on. Um, A friend of mine, Recently, made this uh, for us. It has the words of Mark chapter six. I don't know if you can see it because the lighting. Uh, sorry, Mark chapter nine, verse twenty-three. Everything is possible for the one who believes. Uh, he, he made this in part on his CNC machine, and as that machine works, it goes over and it carves the letters again and again and again and again to get the depth that you want. Do we allow the words of God to come in and affect our hearts again? and again, and again, and again, to the repetition engraving upon us, impressing upon us, reminding us of who we are and what he's called us to. Or do we just kind of process the words of God infrequently, and then we wonder why we can't find our way in the darkness, and it's because we're not familiar with the light. And we wonder why we don't know what to do in a situation, it's because we haven't immersed ourselves in his word or surrounded us with people who will call us to account to live according to his word. Will we allow his words to be carved, to be etched, to make these indelible marks on us? If you are a mother, if you are a father, if you have people that look to you, if you have influence over children, the greatest gift that you can give them is to allow the words of God to penetrate your heart and your mind and to shape your life. We live in a difficult world. There's a lot of confusion for our children, children of all ages. We're not just talking about three-year-olds and four-year-olds. We're talking about 20-year-olds and 25-year-olds and 30-year-olds. And how, how, how will we impart to them wisdom unless the word of God has made an impact on us and we're able to share it with them. In verse seven, he turns his attention to kind of how we live this out. It says, impress them on your children. That word impress can either mean to repeat again and again or it can mean to engrave. And really the picture works both ways. Are we willing to impress upon those under our care? the words of God, and the purposes of God, and the ways of God? Are we willing to courageously and compassionately, let's pair those together, impress upon our children the ways of God? So how do we do that? Well, we talk about them when we sit at home, when we walk along the road, a modern equivalent be as we drive in the car, uh, when you lie down, when you get up. How are we going to impress upon our children? How are we gonna make sure the mark that we're leaving on those under our care uh, is the most important indelible marks that God would have for us to leave. Um, it's gonna be looking to him and it's gonna be taking advantage of, of every opportunity. This kind of encompasses the, the whole of someone's life in that society. He talks about when you get up and, and, and when you lie down. Are, are we talking with those in our care? Are we talking in our homes uh, about the things of God? But do we understand that there is not really any neutral territory when it comes to influence in this world. That either things are going to be discussed and help us and they're gonna be filtered through the lens of who God is and what he says in his word and we're gonna process them and allow them to kind of catalyze us to living his life or we're gonna allow those things to pull us away and we're gonna filter the instructions of God through the ways of the world. There's not a whole lot of neutral territory and so, as we have influence over people, are we taking advantage of all those moments throughout the day to impart to them? One of the ways that we did this when we were, our kids were younger and they were in our home, like if we were, if we were driving along the road and we saw something, whether it was a billboard or a car accident or whatever it was, we would, we would talk about it out loud and talk about like, what would God want us to do here? If it was a car accident, if it was an ambulance, if it was a fire truck, we, we would pray in the car along the way as seeing this is a moment to make a difference for King Jesus. If we saw someone behave in a way that wasn't in accordance with what God would want for our lives and how we treat other people, we would talk about that. If, if somebody in the car treated somebody in a way that wasn't very, very right, we often would call them to account for that. It was everywhere you go, when you get up, when you lie down, when you walk along the road, when you, when you drive in the car, We impress those on one another. If we're going to make a difference in our world, it's going to be because we take advantage of every moment. Our world is a difficult place. Um, What gets me about this passage is that uh, Moses is going to remind his people in verses 8 and 9 to tie this as symbols on their fingers. Uh, to put it on their foreheads and to put it on the door frames of their houses and on their gates. He's telling them, you have to do everything you can to remember who God is, what he has called you to, and what the best life is really all about. He's doing that to a people, keep in mind that for 40 years have had symbols all around them of who God is. Uh, They've seen a pillar of fire at night reminding them that God is present. They've seen a cloud by day guiding them. They've had manna when they wake up in the morning. They've had quail when they wake up in the morning. They've had opportunities when there were bitter waters and Moses turned them to sweet. Like again and again and again, they see God do things and, and they see who they are and who he is and yet he's still telling them, when you moved into this difficult land, this land that I have for you, you're gonna have to do more to remind yourself of who God is. And yet, even in our world today, think about the abundance of stimuli that come in. Most of us have computers in our hands. We call them phones. We have tablets. Uh, we're streaming our Netflix and our Hulu. We're we're watching our movies, we're watching our TikToks, we're having conversations, we're going places, and there are so many things that are trying to convince us, the enemy is trying to convince us that life is not found in the things of God, but it's found in satisfying the desires of our flesh and and satisfying the longings and the uh, sinful pleasures of, of, of just filling our life with stuff. And so how are we gonna stand against that? How are we gonna impress? It's gonna be because we, we talk about them when we lie down and when we get up and we walk along the road. It's going to be because we're intentional. Will we talk about the shows that we're streaming? Will we, will we understand that, 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 again, there's no neutral ground? Will we, will, we, will we discuss the movies we watch with our children, with, with our friends, with our with our coworkers, and will we point them to the God who loves them and made them and has purposes and plans for them? What are we engraving? What are we tattooing? What are we impressing? What are the indelible marks that we are leaving uh, on those that we encounter every day? In these last few verses, uh, tie them as symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frames of your houses, on your gates. What are you and I going to do to remind us of who we are, to remind those under our influence who they are in, in God's eyes? One of the things that we have done in our home, and I'm not saying you have to do this, but I think it's powerful uh, to put Scripture, the words of God, anywhere that you can. Um, I left my phone backstage, but my screensaver on my phone is a psalm reminding me that God is watching over me when I sleep because sometimes I wake up from nightmares or I wake up and I can't sleep and my thoughts start racing and I I read that because it reminds me what God has to say about me and how He watches over me. Even this... Uh, charcuterie board that we don't plan on using for cheese or anything, sets so now in the middle of our table. I don't even know what charcuterie means. It just is a fancy word, I think, but but it sits in the middle of our table because when I look at it, I can be reminded that things are possible for me as I believe in God. On the wall of one or one place in our home, we, we have a passage of scripture from Galatians chapter five. It's the fruit of the spirit. And there's just reminders all over. There've been times in our married life where Audrey will take an Expo marker and she will write scripture on the mirrors of our house. And so I'm encouraging you, what do you need to place in front of you? Whether it's a, 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 a label on your computer with a scripture verse, or maybe it's a screensaver on your phone, or maybe it's a hanging on your wall, or maybe you have somebody doing those little vinyl cutouts that you, with a cricket that you put on the wall of your house. How do you put the promises and the ways of God before you so that when the enemy tempts, because he will, that you can stand firm and you can stand tall and his word makes a mark on you so that you can make a mark on other people? Indelible marks are going to happen to each of us. Well, we allow God's word to make a mark on us and we use it to make a mark on others. I just want to give you a really practical challenge as we move to a close. Um, There are a number of ways you can do this. Um, You can make scripture uh, an important part of your life, a rhythm of your life, reading it daily, journaling about it. I've told you this before, a new way I'm reading scripture that I've found so helpful and the people that have been in disciple-making groups with me have found helpful, is to read with your heart. When you read a passage of scripture, simply ask two questions. God, what are you trying to say to me? And what do you want me to do about it? And sit in that moment and wrestle that with him, journal about it, and commit to following and obeying the words of God. If you would immerse yourself in the word of God daily, you would see that he begins to transform your mind. He renews your mind like Paul talks about. Would you be a person who does that? Would you, would you live out the ways of Jesus it's amazing what happens when we end up committing to the things that Jesus did and we serve people and we serve our neighbors and we serve our community and we serve people in the world, how he reshapes our values and he shows us and he helps us see with his kingdom eyes. So here's a really practical thing for you. If you have children, grandchildren, nieces and nephews that are ages 14 and over, uh, we have a trip uh, to Bowling Green coming up uh, for Habitat for Humanity. Our student ministry 412 is leading it and they would love for you to join them. Uh, It's a great opportunity if you are a parent, uh, take some days off of work and go with them. It's $100 per participant, but here's the deal. If $100 is too much for you, we have scholarships available. You just simply email Jason and we make it possible for you. But I can't think of a better way that you as a parent could come alongside your adolescent and, and go with them and serve, serve alongside them. And together, you're walking along the road. You're lying down. You're getting up. You're talking about these things. You're impressing them. You're engraving them upon your children. And even if you can't go, would you send your junior high and high school student with you, with the team to go and to make a difference? Again, 14 and up, they can go. And maybe you don't have a student under your influence. Guess what? Jason is still recruiting adults to come alongside. And here's a very visible picture of even what we're talking about today. When they're on the Habitat trips, I've got a picture of some walls that they build from time to time guess what they do on those walls when those walls go up before they're put in with a drywall they will write scriptures and prayers on those walls and so there are indelible marks being left even on the walls of these homes and these apartments that are being built Uh, our team is going to bowling green uh, to help continue to rebuild from the devastating tornado that came through there uh, more than a year ago it's where they were last year but it's a way tangibly to say, I'm gonna let God make a mark on me and I'm gonna make a mark on my children and make a mark on other people. And so if you're interested in that, I'd encourage you uh, to, to respond to the link that's in our digital bulletin that's on our website um, to make a difference. But you don't have to go to Bowling Green. You don't have to be a part of Habitat. You can right now today allow God to make an impact on your life and then you turn around and make an impact on the lives of, of other people. If you're not yet a follower of Jesus, uh, a lot of the stuff that I've shared today may feel a little bit confusing to you and you don't know where to begin. And I'd encourage you to begin with, with Jesus because he has indelible marks on him that he endured for you. Uh, I think of the encounter that Jesus has with Thomas uh, when Thomas is doubting Jesus after the resurrection. And Jesus says, Thomas, come here. I want you to, I want you to put your fingers right here Put them right here where the holes still are, where the nails went in. Thomas, see these, feel them. These are marks, these are indelible marks, they are lasting marks that are made for you and for the world. And I hope that if you don't yet know Jesus, you will know that there is a God who loved you so much. He formed you and he fashions you in his image. And he wants you to experience his life of fullness, his life of wholeness. And because our sin, your sin, my sin, our sin, our rebellion, our wrongdoing, the places we chose to do things that were not the way God wanted us to do them, stand in the way. He sent Jesus to die, to take upon himself the weight of your sin and my sin, the sins of all the world. And for everyone who believes in him and trusts in him and commits to follow him, he rescues and we're brought underneath the covering of his sacrifice, and we have a chance to live fully and wholly with him, his indelible marks can make a mark on us. And if you'd like to know more about following Jesus, Sean's already kind of given you a clue earlier. You can scan the connect card, the, the QR codes in our building that say, let's connect. Um, you can email us, as he said, connect at lebanonchristian.org. O-R-G. You can go to one of our communion stations and there are cards at each of them that say let's connect. You can fill out how you'd like for us to come alongside you and we would love to help you experience this Jesus who changes everything so that not only he can make his mark on us, but we, mothers, fathers, young and old, can make a mark on this world that he's called us to. Let's be people who make indelible marks on the world for King Jesus and see it change our world. Let's pray. God, I thank you for uh, the words of Deuteronomy 6, I, I thank you for um, the pictures we have all around us of, of lasting marks and lasting impressions. And God, I just pray that on this Mother's Day, that our mothers, that our women would see the impact that they can have and the marks that they can make in this world as you impact them. And God, I pray that it would go way beyond that, um, not just to fathers, but to men and women of all ages. Uh, from the youngest in this space to the oldest, that we would hear that you are our God, that you are one, and that we would love you with all of our heart and our soul and our strength. And that, God, we would allow your commands to be impressed upon us, that they be engraved into our hearts, God, and that as they are, that we would then impress these upon others, our children, our coworkers, our friends, our neighbors, That, God, we would would talk about them all the time, that we would talk about them more than the weather, that we would talk about them more than our favorite show, that we would talk about them more than the the latest sports team and their championship, that we would talk about them more than anything else. And, God, we would be intentional about putting things before us to reflect and remember and see you so that we can be not only impacted by you, but we can impact this world. Father, lead us and guide us and be honored in our lives. Amen.